Welcome back to the Screw Sports Podcast. On this podcast, Lane Frank, we now episode 137 of the Screw Sports Podcast. Yes, for 137 episodes through. And I got action packed episode planned for you. We're going to be talking a lot about the NFL, college football, a little bit of news in the NBA, MLB playoff race, heating up even more right now, and so much more. So stay tuned for action packed episode 137. Let's hop into it. All right, let's start off episode 37, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. A little bit of news in the NBA today. Giannis Antetokounmpo, obviously the old world star that we have all known to see. NBA MVP, back-to-back times, NBA Defensive Player of the Year, NBA Champion. You could say he's the best basketball player on the planet. A little bit of things going on today. It's saying, hey, maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo isn't so long-term with the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe he's a New York Knicks in a few years. Maybe we see something like that. Because Giannis always gives out subtle hints. He says, you know... I like Milwaukee, but if I don't win championships, then maybe something needs to change. That's him saying, if I don't win championships, I'm leaving this city, Milwaukee. I'm leaving the Bucks. I already gave you my championship. Something to look out for in the future with Giannis Antetokounmpo in the NBA. Damian Lillard said, hey, Miami Heat, if they don't trade for me, if I go to another team, say if I go to the New York Knicks, say if I go to a random Western Conference team, Eastern Conference team, I'm just going to request a trade from that team to go to the Miami Heat. I'm not playing for any team outside of the Miami Heat. What's so great about the Miami Heat to you, Damian Lillard? I really don't know. But Damian Lillard, very adamant on his stance to go over to the Miami Heat, leaving the Portland Trail Blazers. That's powerful news in the NBA. Let's move to the NFL. We had an action-packed week number two, and it all started on Thursday Night Football, where we saw the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Minnesota Vikings. I had DeAndre Swift in fantasy football. That was great for me. I said, hey, DeAndre Swift, let's start him over Miles Sanders this week. No Kenny Gainwell for the Eagles. I'm going to play DeAndre Swift, even though he did nothing for me the week before. Hey, let's give DeAndre Swift the nod. Got me about 25 fantasy points. Played great for the Eagles. Do you have DeAndre Swift on your fantasy team, or are you going up against him? Hopefully you have him on your team instead of going up against him. But DeAndre Swift played great. Eagles played great. For the Vikings, I still think you're a good team. Jordan Addison, you played great as a rookie. Second game, second career touchdown in that game. Kirk Cousins played great. He's on pace to have one of the most Passing yard seasons ever with the first two games he's had, but he's also on pace to not have a win this season. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to break the record or that he's not going to have a win this season. That's just what he's on pace for. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins, interesting game right there. Maybe some mistakes that could have been fixed there that could have won you that game. It's still good Thursday night football game. For the Dallas Cowboys, they went up against the New York Jets in Dallas, and they won that game 30-10. to Defense is great. Again, Dak Prescott, kind of the weak link of this team. Now, you could say, how can you say that when he's put up 70 points in the first two games of the NFL season. It's more Tony Pollard. It's more the defense helping you out than you, Dak Prescott. So no, I still think Dak Prescott is the weak link of this Cowboys team. For the New England Patriots, I do my ESPN 600 radio show every week on Thursday, and I make some picks against somebody every single week with all the NFL games. And when I picked the Patriots-Dolphins game on there, I said, I think the Patriots defense locks down, and they get a win. On here, I said the Dolphins, but there, later in the week, I said the Patriots were going to win. Patriots did not win. Still a good game, though. Bill Belichick, yet again, losing record without Tom Brady. 79-90 without Tom Brady. Something to look out for right there. Not me saying Bill Belichick's a bad coach. I just don't know if he's the greatest coach of all time when you've only won with Tom Brady. And that's the truth of the matter. Only won with Tom Brady. It's a tough loss right there to the Miami Dolphins. Close, but still lost. No moral wins in the NFL. Maybe college. Not the NFL. Buffalo Bills, they finally rebounded after they lost the New York Jets last week. They said, hey, let's dominate against the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders need to figure some things out. Josh Jacobs cannot have 
five yards in a game. That just can't happen. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot play that bad or some changes need to be made. You saw Aiden O'Connell play great in the preseason. That doesn't even happen yet. Maybe later on, Jimmy Garoppolo, bad start against the Buffalo Bills. Cincinnati Bengals, 0-2, and this is rough. Last season, you started out pretty terrible. This season, yet again, when is this going to stop happening? It's going to be tough to make the playoffs as an 0-2 team. There's a lot of good teams right now that are 0-2. The Vikings, the Bengals, the Chargers, all 0-2. Only one team in this new playoff era of seven teams for each conference has made the playoffs when starting off 0-2. All I'm saying right there, very, very bad, in my opinion, for Cincinnati Bengals to start off 0-2, whether that's on Joe Burrow, whether that's on the defense, whether it's on Zach Taylor himself. I don't know. Bengals got some issues. Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith, he got a good win last week against Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions could have been hosed a little bit, you said, in uh, overtime, but still. Detroit Lions, good, gritty team. Bad loss right there to the Seahawks. They'll rebound, and Seahawks go to 1-1. One one. It's exactly what we need in a tough division like the NFC West. Chargers, already talked about them. This team is five points away from being undefeated, but they're also five points away from being winless, which is what they are right now. So, tough for Los Angeles Chargers. That comes down to coaching. Losing close games, that comes down to coaching. Something we all harped on last season about Brandon Staley and this Chargers squad. So, yeah, that's what I think right there for Brandon Staley. Los Angeles Chargers, maybe it's coaching. That needs to be switched around over there. Not something like Justin Herbert. Not something like Austin Eckler being out the issue right now. For the Chicago Bears, they had a very bad loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've been very adamant all offseason, all of last season, saying that, hey, Justin Fields is not this all-world league quarterback that we've talked about. They were the worst team in the NFL for a reason last year in games where Justin Fields started. Now it's showing again. 0-2 made some horrible comments in his press conference today. Their defense coordinator just resigned. Bears, a lot of issues going on right now, in my opinion. Speed things up right here. Talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good one for them. Like I said, against the Bears. Baker Mayfield playing great right now. Houston Texans lost to the Indianapolis Colts. Procedure Stroud did have 384 yards. And John Mechie finally made his NFL debut. What a great story that is right there. New York Giants went down 20-0, starting their NFL season 16-0, 40-0 versus Cowboys, 20-0 versus Cardinals. But they rebounded, got a 28-7 comeback. That's credit to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones played great. Saquon Berkeley did get hurt in that final drive. Will not play on Thursday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Pittsburgh Steelers, they went up against the uh, Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. Struggled in the beginning, even though they had to pick six in the first play. We're losing most of the game. Then Kenny Pickett and the defense turned it on against Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Good win for right there. Steelers over the Browns. Bryce Young, NFL career, starting off pretty shaky right now. 0-2. Not what you want to see. Terrible under pressure. Bryce Young, while pressured, not good stats. While he's clear of the pocket, then he's got good stats. But this isn't Alabama's offensive line. This isn't college football where it doesn't matter if you're playing against Mississippi State or Middle Tennessee State. Now you're playing against New Orleans Saints. A real NFL contender, in my opinion. So yeah, Bryce Young struggled on Monday Night Football. Second straight game struggling. Something to look out for. How will Bryce Young do for the rest of his rookie season? That's powerful news the NFL. Let's close that with MLB right here. LA Braves still on fire. Matt Wilson broke the MLB home run record for the Land Braves in their franchise history. Most home runs in franchise history in a single season for Matt Olson. Spencer Strider getting up there on strikeouts. I think he's at 258 right now. What terrific feat that is. Another thing in MLB, a guy like Ellie De La Cruz, someone who we really overhyped, in my opinion. And that goes on me. We really overhyped Ellie De La Cruz. And now when he's hitting 240, 240's not bad, but it's not Ellie De La Cruz levels. When we said he was going to be next, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds. So that's struggles right there with Ellie De La Cruz. That's about from News MLB. Leave thoughts in the comments. Now, score sports, NFL game day. And I want to go undefeated 
on my picks this week in the NFL. Let's hop into it. Let's get that perfect record. Hopping into it. First game, Giants versus 49ers. Niners, Thursday Night Football. I have them winning this one over the New York Giants. No Saquon Berkeley. Not enough for New York Giants. My New York Football Giants, my favorite team, to beat San Francisco 49ers. My Super Bowl prediction for this year. Niners, solid and always. Special teams. Jake Booty's been great. Defense, been great. Mark Purdy still has not lost the game where he started and finished. So yeah, that keeps on going right here. Niners over the Giants. Broncos versus Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins this one. Seg the Broncos to 0-3. That's pretty bad right there. 0-3 start for the Denver Broncos, led by Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Not something you want to see. Mike McDaniel and squad go over to 3-0 for the Miami Dolphins. Great start. Titans versus Browns. I like the Browns. This matchup. I don't like what I see around Tannehill at all. Derrick Henry didn't really play great last week. Defense was good enough. Chargers made enough mistakes for you to win that game. This week, Browns, not so much. Browns are going to win this one. They brought back Kareem Hunt, obviously, after that gruesome Nick Chubb injury. Jerome Ford will be their backup, but bringing back Kareem Hunt out of a play this week, still a big thing for you right there. Browns over the Titans. Falcons versus Lions. Lions, good squad. Falcons, Desmond Ritter, still not lost the game where he has started in the NFL. That streak ends right now, right here, today, Campbell, and the Detroit Lions. Saints versus Packers. I like the Packers this one. Saints, good team. Derek Carr. Alvin Kamara still not back. Running game taking a little bit of damage. Kendry Miller still has yet to make his NFL debut due to injury. And now Jamal Williams is hurt. I don't know how that run game is going to do. I like the Packers this one. Jordan Love, Aaron Jones finally getting him back. Christian Watson making his season debut. Packers over the Saints. Chargers versus Vikings. And this game is the most intriguing game of the week to me because both these teams were the playoffs last year. Both these teams have great quarterbacks. Both these teams have good receivers. And they're 0-2. And one of these teams got to go 0 3. And if you're 0 3, that's pretty bad. I think the Chargers lose this one over the Minnesota Vikings. And that causes something really bad for you right there. Because now you're in the AFC West, one of the toughest divisions in football. We're going to have to go through the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Denver Broncos just to even make the playoffs. And you're starting off your season with 0 3, three losses. Not something you want to see. Kirk Cousins, Vikings, they have a little bit easier up at the AFC North, but still. No easy task. I like the Vikings over the Chargers this one. Kirk Cousins, Jordan Addison, Just Jefferson, Alexander Madison. Let's see how he does in this one. Does a little bit better last week. They beat Chargers. Patriots versus Jets. Bill Belichick. I think he's ever started out a season with New England Patriots 0-3. And that's going to happen this week. When the New York Jets hang the Patriots a loss, Zach Wilson could have been Bill Belichick's kind of pet for the past few years, kind of destroyed Zach Wilson over the last two seasons. That changes this Sunday. Jets over the Patriots. I like Zach Wilson. I like Garrett Wilson. I like the defense. Step up. Play well. Jets over the Patriots. Bills versus Commanders. Commanders are 2-0. A silent 2-0, but they lose this one. Sam Howell plays well. Not well enough. Bills, they go to 2-1. Again, after that fluke against the New York Jets. That fluke loss, you could say. I like the Bills over the Commanders. Eagles versus Buccaneers. Buccaneers are good. It's no fluke for them. Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. He's got great chemistry with Mike Evans. Defense is playing well. So I think it's going to be a close game against the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's the Philadelphia Eagles, everybody. The reigning NFC champions move over 3-0. And the final game of the week, our Super Bowl rematch a few years ago. Rams versus Bengals. And you look at it, these two teams aren't so different from when that first half. Yes, no Odell Beckham for the Rams. No Cooper Cup this game. No Eli Apple for the Bengals and no C.J. Ozama for the Bengals. But quarterbacks, still the same. Running backs, still the same, even though that might change. Cam Akers getting traded very soon. I like the Bengals in this one. They don't go to 0-3. Rams move to 1-2. So do the Bengals. 
That's about for Squid Sports Game Day this week. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, top five. This week's top five is my top five most electrifying figures in sports. Let's hop into it. Number five, Ben Shelton. And let me say this right here. I should have done this a second ago. This means most electrifying figures in sports right now. Not NBA, because that's not going on right now. Not really MLB, Shohei Otani, because he's not even playing right now. NFL, maybe there's an NFL guy in here. But we're looking at maybe some tennis stars, some soccer stars, and then maybe a little bit college football in there. So the first one, like I said, number five is Ben Shelton, the 2022 NAS champion at Florida, and the 2023 U.S. Open semifinals. Ben Shelton gets the number five nod. It's great for the sport because he's an American. He's electrifying. I see people who's never even picked up a tennis racket in their life copying the Ben Shelton celebration, wanting to play tennis because of what Ben Shelton did at that U.S. Open. So number five, American Ben Shelton, number five. Number four, most exciting player in soccer, maybe the best player in soccer right now, Erling Holland, the six foot five demon on Man City. Striker looks like he's going to run away with the golden boot once again. Played great last year. Most goals ever in a Premier League season, really ever in a soccer season. Let's see if he wins the Ballon d'Or, hopefully. And then Erling Holland obviously played great so far this season. Had their first Champions League match of the season yesterday. Played pretty well. Erling Holland still freaking nature. Number four, Erling Holland, second year in the Premier League, second year being electrifying. Figure in sports at number four. Number three, the U.S. Open winner, Novak Djokovic. Love him or hate him, you're watching him. That's what we like to see right there. Novak Djokovic, number three, 24 Grand Slams, most of all time. The GOAT, like I said, he might instigate you. He might annoy you by doing the Ben Shelton celebration, by putting the phone down instead of up. But you're watching him, and that's why he's number three right there. Electrifying, Novak Djokovic, number three. Two, Patrick Mahomes is still very electrifying, everybody. Every Chiefs game still gets the attention. Shadur Sanders could have been right here on this list. He isn't, but still. Patrick Mahomes may be the most electrifying quarterback in sports over Shadur Sanders right now. I know Shadur Sanders, that's a little bit of a stretch right there. Getting a lot of hype at Colorado. His dad maybe gave him a little more hype. But number two, Patrick Mahomes, very electrifying. Still 1-1 in the season. Let's see how he does for the rest of the year. Mahomes, number two, love him or hate him. Like Novak Djokovic, you're watching him. And number one, already mentioned him, Dion, prime time. Coach Prime Sanders, everybody. I wish I had the Deion Sanders gold glasses right now. They're not in yet, the Prime Effect. But still, Deion Sanders gets in the heel altercations with Jay Norvell, whatever it might be right there. Likes to say, hey, if you're looking at the best coach of college football right now, who's the best coach of college football, give me a mirror so I can see who it is. That's something right there. He's got the confidence. He's got everything to go with it right there, Deion Sanders. And he's been a great coach for the Colorado Buffaloes, and they're 3-0. And this might be the last time we could talk about Deion Sanders as a program changer this season because they might go on a really bad stretch. They play Oregon this week. They play USC the week after that. Then they play Arizona State, UCLA, Utah. It's a tough stretch right there. But Deion Sanders, I think he gets things going. He's been getting things going. Brought that vibe back to Colorado. I mean, that game against Colorado State on Saturday night, people might love him. People might hate him. And that's the theme of this. He's electrifying no matter what, Coach Prime, number one on this list, Deion Sanders is the most electrifying figure in sports right now. Deion Sanders. That's about for top five this week. Now, did you know this 16 knows? Did you know Rams rookie, fifth round pick wide receiver at BYU, Puka Nakua, is on track to have the most receptions and receiving yards ever? In NFL history, he's on track to break Calvin Johnson's record for receiving yards and Michael Thomas's record for receptions. And not just break, shatter them. Now, Puka Nakua, 
I don't think he's gonna do either of those things. I just wanted to say that he's on track to both those back-to-back -back weeks over 100 receiving yards, back-to-back -back weeks over 10 catches for the fifth round rookie wide receiver. Matthew Stafford may have found his new Cooper Cup, even though our original Cooper Cup coming back in just a few weeks. So I think right now, Pukunakua's stock is as high as ever. It can only go downhill from here, in my opinion. I hate to be a hater, but if I'm in a fantasy league, I'm trading Pukunakua for a big haul right now. That's probably didn't know this week. Leave thoughts in the comments. Now let's do my spotlight for the week. Talked about earlier, NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo, like I said, electrifying figure in sports like we just did top five. Was on that list, but he is a great electrifying figure. Giannis Antetokounmpo, maybe he's the best player in the NBA. Maybe he's the best basketball player in the world. But he doesn't have that personality to show it. There's always reports about how, oh, other players don't like Giannis. He just likes playing with his brother. He doesn't like to go trade up there. And they said, hey, nobody's going to go up there and trade in Milwaukee, play with he and his brother. Nobody wants to do that. Giannis said he doesn't like to trade with other NBA players because it ruins that competitive edge. Others like think otherwise that he's just a weird guy that people don't like to play basketball with. Might be the same thing. Giannis Antetokounmpo, though, can't deny it. Best player, one of the best players on this planet. And he's having trouble in Milwaukee right now. Drew Holiday, his co-star, if you even want to call him a co-star, more like a sidekick, probably will be done with his NBA career in about two years. And his contract is running up. So if they don't re-sign Drew Holiday, well, then what are you left with? Chris Middleton? Chris Middleton is not a co-star or a sidekick, really, in my opinion. Maybe at best, a sidekick. He can't help you win NBA championship. I'm sorry. If you don't have Drew Holiday, you're not winning NBA championship. If you don't have Chris Middleton, who still helps, but if it's just Chris Middleton, you're not winning NBA championship. And I don't know if you're going to get anybody else to Milwaukee. Doesn't seem like Damian Lillard is trying to get there. Russell Westbrook? No. Anybody else? No. So what does Giannis Antetokounmpo do? I think he's putting a predicament right here where he might ask for a trade. That trade would be best to the New York Knicks, and that's the report that came out today. Knicks have four future first-round picks. That's a lot. They've got Jalen Brunson, they've got RJ Barrett, and they've got Julius Randle. Key piece in this trade. Could be Julius Randle. I'm not saying this is happening today. Not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. Not saying it's going to happen this season, next season, or even the season after that. I just think it's imminent that at one point, something real doesn't change in Milwaukee. He's going to ask for a trade. And that best to be, like I said, to the New York Knicks, like the report came out today, goes to place in the big city. Giannis Antetokounmpo probably has about 10 years left of great basketball in him. 10 years. Won a lot of championships 10 years. Hopefully, for the New York Knicks. That's me, wishful thinking, as a New York Knicks fan. But still, Giannis Antetokounmpo, decisions to make. Again, not today, not tomorrow, not for a while. But eventually, a time will come when this team isn't the same, Milwaukee Bucks, and something needs to change. New head coach, no more Mike Budenholzer. Leave your thoughts in the comments. That's my spotlight this week. Now, College Plus Showcase. Let's have another great week of college football this week. And this week, my top 25 is going to look way different than last week. We've got a lot of movers and shakers after some reconsideration. Let's hop into it. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs. Two, my Michigan Wolverines. Three, Florida State Seminoles. Four, Texas Longhorns hook them. Five, Washington. That's my biggest mover. Six, Ohio State. Seven, Notre Dame. Those two teams are playing each other this week. Ohio State and Notre Dame. Eight, USC. Nine, Oregon. Ten, LSU. 11, Penn State. 12, Alabama. Wreck going on over there in Crimson Tide. 13, Oklahoma. Another big mover. 14, Ole Miss. 15, Duke. 
16 Colorado, go Buffs, go Coach Prime. 17 Oregon State, 18 Miami. 19 Utah, 20 North Carolina, 21 Clemson, 22 UCLA, 23 Missouri, 24 Tennessee, and 25 Washington State. So let's break it down. Top 25 right here. Number one, Georgia. Number Georgia hasn't been my number one at all this year. It was always Michigan. I hated what I saw from Michigan the other night on the offensive side of the ball, only winning 31-6. Georgia went down early 14-3 at halftime against South Carolina. They switched it up after halftime and turned on the Jets. I like Georgia at number one. 3-4 to state. Really bad game you had against Boston College. You're playing Clemson this week. You played terrible against Boston College, a team that's lost to Northern Illinois and only beat Holy Cross by two points a Division II school. So that's a little bit of a worry right there, but you're staying at number three for now. Four, Texas. Texas kind of sleepwalked for a little bit right there against Wyoming. Then they picked things up and crushed them. So four was Texas. Five was Washington. They just destroyed Michigan State on the road. That's not something that's an easy task to do, even without Mel Tucker. Michael Panix Jr. has passed for over 400 yards in every game. He's looked like the Heisman winner so far. Washington, number five. Ohio State, number six. They weren't playing great in the first half. Then they turned on the second half, winning 63-10 versus Western Kentucky. Then number six, seven, Notre Dame. Just steady. Notre Dame is steady. They're number seven for me. USC at number eight. They had their bye week. Oregon, number nine. They have a bid matchup this week against Colorado. Let's skip over to number 13, where I have Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they've been great so far. They've done something that we never saw in the Lincoln Riley era, and that's playing defense. Good defense. They're playing good defense right now, and they're playing great offense, averaging 56 points per game on offense and only averaging nine points per game given up on the defense side of the ball. Brent Venables football, love to see it. 15 Duke, 16 Colorado. Like I said, big matchup this week against Oregon. 17 was Oregon State. I like DJ Longley, the way he's playing right now. They get that nod. Let's skip over to 22. I have UCLA. Number 22, Dante Moore. Been pretty good so far. They have a good game coming up this week against Utah, who's at my number 19 slot right now. UCLA, I want to see what they can do this weekend. You'll see my pick in just a few moments. Missouri is 23. I had that call of them being Kansas State. Of course, they beat Kansas State. 24 was Tennessee. Tennessee, that's very disappointing. Joe Milton, very disappointing. Something you never heard right here. Joe Milton has zero college football career touchdowns on the move. Zero college football career touchdowns outside of the pocket or pressured. That's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. I tried to find one. I couldn't. Joe Milton in Tennessee, number 24. And then Washington State with Cam Ward, number 25. They've got a good game this week coming up against Oregon State. On the road, I'm excited to see that. 25, Washington State. And that's about my top 25. Stay tuned for my hot takes coming up next. Now, College Post Showcase Part 2 with my hot takes. We've done pretty well on the hot takes so far this season. We're 11 of 18, and that's not so bad. Four, six, first two weeks. Three, six last week. Not so great last week, but week, two weeks before, pretty good. Last week's slate was odd, a little bit weird. This week's slate, I'm excited for. We've got seven ranked on ranked matchups in my book, and you got a good one outside of that. Michigan versus Rutgers. This isn't a hot take, but let's just put it out of the way. I have Michigan beating Rutgers. Michigan finally gets a good win. They finally showed they could play well. Jim Harbaugh's return from his suspension. Let's go, Michigan. Now, the hot take start, everybody. First one, UCLA versus Utah. I don't know if Cam Rising's playing this one. It might be Nate Johnson, that quarterback, yet again. If it is Nate Johnson, if it is Cam Rising, doesn't matter. I like UCLA to win this one. Dante Moore plays great. Chip Kelly knows how to use Dante Moore. Dante Moore, five-star quarterback. This is a guy we could see being his name called first. First. Night of fall draft. In a few years, just a true freshman, Dante Moore has done great so far. UCLA over Utah. Next game, Alabama versus Ole Miss. 
This is at home for Alabama. They're finally going back to Jalen Milrow after that atrocious performance last week against USF. I think Alabama rolls in this one. I like Ole Miss. I do. They have a good one against Tulane. Kinshawn Junkins, Jackson Thart, the good receivers. Trust Harris. I just think there is no chance Nick Saban lets his Alabama team go 2-2. Two two. I think there is no chance he lets his team get 2-2 two two on the season. Might be wrong. I like Ole Miss. All signs are pointing to Ole Miss winning this one after what I've seen on tape from Alabama and the eye test and Ole Miss. But I'm going to take Alabama in this one. Close over Ole Miss. Clemson versus Florida State. Okay, here's a big upset right here. Florida State did not play well last week. Not at all. They got crushed at home last year versus Clemson. Now you're on the road. Now you're going into Death Valley against Clemson. This Clemson offense is clicking now. They had a horrible showing against Duke. Duke's defense played great. Forest State doesn't have a great defense. They played terrible against Charleston Southern for a little bit, Clemson. And then they turned the Jets. Then they won 65-17. Then the next week, last week, they played great again on offense and defense. So I like a big upset. Clemson gets back into that playoff conversation. They beat Florida State. Florida State dips down the rankings after this. Sorry, Jordan Travis. I like Kate Klubnik. I like this squad. KJ Henry, good team. Xavier Thomas, Davos Winnie. Gets his respect back a little bit. Clemson over Florida State at home. Oregon versus Colorado. No Travis Hunter. Big problem for Colorado. I have Oregon winning this one at home. Austin Stadium, very tough place to win. Some people say you can't even hear yourself think in that stadium. Shadur Sanders is going to play well, but this is the first game without the distractions. Or there are still distractions, but it's on the road. It's a tough environment. You're going to lose this one. Last week, maybe too many distractions. I think if you play that game, Instead of being in that game, instead of all the hype, instead of college game day being there, instead of the rock being there, instead of offset being there, and if you just play that game at noon, Colorado probably beats them 50 nothing. Instead, you go double overtime and you win 43-35. So I like Oregon winning this one over Colorado. Bo Nix, Oregon, Dan Lanning, they've shown great stuff so far this season, winning their first game 81-7. So Oregon wins this one over Colorado. Sorry, Coach Prop. Sorry, Shadur Sanders. Give me a close one, but I like Oregon. Next one for the game of the week, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Penn State versus Iowa. Big 10 matchup. Could be a gritty Big 10 matchup. A lot of people were taking Iowa in this one because they've seen, oh, they got good new offense. They got Kate McNamara. They got Eric All, the former Michigan guys. Are they going to do something now? No. Like they fall flat on their face in Happy Valley. Drew Aller, great quarterback. Nick Singleton, one of the best running backs in America. One of the best defenses in America for Penn State. I think Michigan's the best team in the Big 10, but Penn State's a close follow. Penn State proves themselves versus Iowa. They get a crushing win. Over the Hawkeyes, that's a Big Ten matchup to look out for. Ranked on ranked. I like Penn State over Iowa. And now, the game of the week. Notre Dame versus Ohio State in South Bend. Last year, this game was week one. We saw Jack Smith and Jigba get hurt. We saw CJ Stroud play well. And we saw Notre Dame start Tyler Buckner at quarterback. From what I saw from Tyler Buckner last week, and from what I've heard from a college ball quarterback, other quarterbacks in the country, saying that, hey, Tyler Buckner, good guy doesn't really have the best arm talent. Doesn't really have that Alabama type of arm talent they need to see. So that goes to Notre Dame. So if Notre Dame had the right quarterback last year, maybe like someone like Sam Hartman, who they have right now, they could have won that game. This Notre Dame team is experienced. Archie Guest team, great running back. 500 yards to the first four games. Sam Hartman, 1,000 yards to the first four games. Marcus Freeman, coached pretty well through his first four games. They're 4-0. For Ohio State, they had a pretty bad week one showing. They had a decent week two showing, winning 35-7 over Youngstown State, FCS. And then they played great week three against Western Kentucky, winning 63-10. I think Cal McCord gets pressured in this one. 
I have the Buckeyes losing on the road to Notre Dame. Notre Dame Fighting Irish back into that top five after this week. I like Notre Dame. Sam Hartman gets a career-defining win over the Buckeyes. Ohio State gets a loss going into conference play. Let's go! Notre Dame Fighting Irish over the Ohio State Buckeyes. As a Michigan fan, this matchup is just sore eyes for me. I hate Notre Dame. And I hate Ohio State. But you gotta pick a winner. Let's go Notre Dame over Ohio State. That's my football pick. That's not my fan pick. That's my pick as the best college ball analyst in the country, as I like to call myself. Notre Dame over Ohio State. That's about the college ball showcase this week. Now, let's go around the bases in the MLB. Regular season, close not pretty soon. I like to call this the dead period of the MLB season until playoff time because you got football and going on right now. So everyone's kind of focused on that. But eventually, we'll get back into playoff mode. That'll be exciting in a little bit. But let me say this right here in around the bases. At the beginning of the season, we talked about payrolls. Team payrolls, where those teams were at the beginning of the season. Now we're nearing the end of the season. In that payroll, 30 teams, still division leaders. Let's see if it works out in your favor to pay players, go high with spending money, or if you lay low, go with your prospects, don't spend as much money, has it worked out for you? The best team, one of the best teams that will be, number two right now behind the Atlanta Braves, Baltimore Orioles, division leader, they're at number 28. Minnesota Twins, division leader, they're at number 16. Still below average, still not spending in the top half of the MLB. Orioles, number 28, that's one of the worst in the MLB, obviously. And 30 MLB teams, they got prospects. They don't need to spend as much money. Something like that for right there. Astros, they're leading the AL West. They're at number 7. Braves are at number 10. Brewers at number 19, so back half. And then the Dodgers are at number 6. So you've got one, two, three teams in the back half, and then three teams in the front half. So that's a little bit interesting to me right there. Because for these three teams... The Astros, the Braves, and the Dodgers, all in the top 10, they spent money, but they haven't gone crazy with spending the money like teams like the New York Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, the Rangers, and the Phillies who are all in the top five. The Dodgers, they spend money, but they don't just spend it on a few guys. For the teams like the Mets, the Padres, they spend it on just a few guys. The Mets went big for Verlander, they went big for Scherzer, they went big for Lindor. The Padres, they went big for Bogarts, they went big for Tatis, they went big for Blake Snell, and they, went, they might go big for Juan Soto. For teams like the Dodgers and the Astros, they're very well-rounded. They have a lot of guys that equal up to a high enough payroll. Same with the Braves. The Braves are at number 10, and they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the MLB, and they're still paying guys like Acuna, Matt Olson, Michael Harris, Austin Riley, because they did it smart. They did it the smart way. Brewers, they're at number 19. They don't have guys to pay. They're just well-rounded. They make good trades. Mark Canna, since being traded from the New York Mets to the Milwaukee Brewers, is batting 373 with three home runs and a lot of RBIs. That's pretty great. That's probably the best in-season trade they've had since this season Batia. 373. That's pretty great, in my opinion. So since the second half of the season, since being traded to a new team, Marquez has been on fire. So that's surprising right there. How does it stack up? Are you in favor of your team going crazy spending money, or do you like them to be a little bit more laid back, like the Orioles, like the Brewers? Because if you go big, you might fall flat in your face, like the Mets, like the Yankees, like the Padres. Rangers and Phillies are in the playoffs. Other three teams aren't. That's about for around the bases this week. Leave thoughts in the comments. Now, the best for last question today. This week's question is, which NFL team that's 0-2 right now will make the playoffs? Will an 0-2 NFL team make the playoffs? That's even better. So you got the Bengals, you got the Vikings, you got the Chargers. They're all playoff squads. Patriots, 0-2. They've got playoff caliber squads, and they're 0-2. But will they make the playoffs? It's only happened once 
in this new playoff era where an 0-2 team has made the playoffs? Leave thoughts on that in the comments. That's about it for question this week. That's about it for Squirt Sports and Lane. Frank, episode 137. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squirt Sports on Instagram, at Squirt Sports. Follow Squirt Sports on Twitter, at Squirt Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode 138. Stay tuned.